One of the best ways to keep up with church life is through the City Life app. The City Life app enables you to listen to messages from Sunday, explore the Bible while listening to messages, stay up to date with church life through our Connect section, and much more. Download the City Life app in the App Store or Google Play Store today. Welcome to the City Life Podcast. We're all about making Jesus known. We pray these messages will help equip you to become a follower of Jesus, who is empowered to influence and shape culture. Enjoy the message. Well, guys, get your notes out. If you have a Bible or a Bible app, I would love it if you would get that out too and open your Bibles and your Bible apps to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9. Ecclesiastes 4, 9. You know, today I'm talking about man-made rules, and sometimes, you know, we create rules on our own. We, we, we kind of create our own bad rules, and, and we, we try to live by these bad bad rules that we even create for ourselves, and it's detrimental to us. Now, now th- this series is called Rules to Start Breaking, and, and please understand, I, 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 do, I do believe in healthy rules. I think we should have that, but, but, also, but often we have these personal, um, unnecessary, senseless rules that we kind of just put onto ourselves. And I'm going to challenge you to break one of those rules today. I'm going to ask you to revolt against man-made rules in general uh, because they, they, they suppress and they even destroy the vitality of your life. Uh, they, they, they mess up relationships uh, with people and relationships with God, which is really important to today's message. Uh, so really, quite often, a lot of times, we, we kind of float around in this false security that, that if we follow these rules that kind of make us soft and weak and wimpy, that, that we're going to be okay. But please understand, that's never God's plan for it. It never has been. You, got, you know, it's, it's, it's time to live. It's time to live with vibrancy and with power and, and, and to resist weakness and timidity. Uh, Paul, who is the, the great church planter in the Bible, he wrote this letter to Timothy, who was pastoring this, this huge church in Ephesus. And, and, uh, and it would have been like a mega, mega church. It was an incredible ministry that Timothy was leading out there. And the, to this young, young pastor, Paul wrote these words. And this was even near his death. He said this. He said, the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. In other words, what he was telling the pastor is, don't be timid. Don't let the culture tell you what to do. No, God gives you power, God gives you love, and God gives you self-discipline. Three things we all need. And I like that. I want that. You know, he says the spirit, that means the Holy Spirit. That's the third person of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God. And the Holy Spirit this is important. He breaks you out of timidity. He breaks you out of weakness so that you can move into joy, fulfillment, and vitality. In order to do it, sometimes you have to break some rules. And we're going to do that again today. I, 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 I was noticing that my friend Spencer was playing with my rule book today. Come, will, you, will you bring that up here, please? Yeah, he, he, was, he was down there playing with the rule book. I mean, this, this is a, you know, finely educated man. I, I like the colors you're wearing. What do these, what do these colors represent? Texas A&M. Oh, okay. You're, uh, uh, you're, yes, yes, quite the Aggie here. So it's, it's good to see you. And, and yeah, you're, you're taller than me. It's, it's like I didn't realize that till just now. But I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know, but you're taller than me. But, but you're, you're carrying my what? 
The one and only rule book. Ooh. It's a special rule book because these are the rules that we like to break. Yes, yes. And so would you open it up and would you reveal to us the rule that you've been studying today? Never ask for help. Ooh. Now, now listen, listen. I, you know what? I have a brother-in-law who's an Aggie. And, and I, I've heard that, that you guys kind of like lean into each other. Is that correct? Yeah. We, 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 you know, we have some chants, some yells that we do. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. You, have to, you, have, you have to have others in order to do those. So. Ooh. So he's trying to take my sermon. You know what? I'm going to get you off the platform before we do this because you're going to make it all about Texas A&M. This is about God, not, not that. Okay? All right. All right. So. I'll show some restraint. Don't worry. I won't. Okay. Well, well, here's where I don't want you to show restraint. I want you to take rule number three, and I want you just to feel free to tear it out of the rule book. Come on. Just tear it out. Come on. Come on. Chant for him. Chant. He needs a chant. He's an Aggie. He needs a chant. Come on. Let's do something to make the Aggie feel good. Come on. Tear it up. 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 <laughs> you are good. You can take that old rule book back and you can keep studying it for more. All right. We've, we've destroyed this, this rule. You know, we've, it's, it's kind of like, look, you even cleaned it up. That, that's, you know what? No one in this entire series of messages has cleaned up their mess on the platform till you. You, 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 you're, you're amazing. We thought, no, it's good. Uh, never, because I was going to come step on it, but it was gone. I, we've learned to never fight, to never risk, and today we're, we're, we're breaking this other rule, which is never ask for help. Here's my big challenge for you today, and it's just real simple. Listen carefully. Don't do it alone. Jesus didn't. He leaned on to his disciples. Jesus didn't. Jesus leaned on the Father and the Spirit for help. If getting help is good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Now, I'll also tell you, though, that's easier said than done. I, 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 I know <laughs> that of all of the five rules that I have in this series, today's the third, but of the five, five rules that I think we should break, this is the hardest one for me to break. It, it, it really is. And uh, you know, this is that rule of never ask for help. And, and probably I'll need to go back and listen to the podcast uh, episode here two or three more additional times this week. See, because when I, when I was putting this together, my mind went back to this infamous moment that my boys will never let me forget. It was a time when I took my boys out on a, a, a Civil War fort uh, island hopping uh, uh, vacation, just the guys. And it was camping and it was fun and it was, it was you know, there, there was a little bit of challenge to it. And, and there was this one barrier island that we, we, we used, we, we went to, and there's this old, there were these ruins of this old Civil War fort called Fort McCree. Have any of you guys been to Fort McCree? If you lift your hands, you're probably lying. Okay, because Fort McCree is just, it's ruins, I mean, there's, there's nothing there. We found some cool stuff, but it, it was a, it's, it's just an old ruins of, a, of an old fort that was there used by, uh, used by the Confederates during the Civil War. And, um, and, and so, but when we went, when we get, got out there to the island, you see, you can't really, you can't drive out there. You can't, so you have to really, the best way to get your supplies out there is to take it by boat or kayak. So we rented these nice double kayaks so that we could all put our stuff in the kayaks and we could, we could, we could take the kayaks out. And, and it was going to be a nice, simple way of getting there because you could actually get in the water and, and pull the kayaks behind you. And then we could use the kayaks the rest of the time. So, so that was the plan. We got, we got the supplies way out there to the, to the end of the island near the fort and, and we set up camp and it was great. We were having a good time and, 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 yeah, but, but, but during the time when we were out there, something began to happen a little strange. The 
wind started blowing. It was our last night out there, and the wind was blowing pretty hard. We didn't know it, but there was actually a tropical depression that was building into a tropical storm in the Gulf. Well, we're out there. We didn't have phones. We didn't have any way of hearing or knowing about anything. We just thought it seemed to be a little, you know, windy. And, uh, and that we woke up the next morning, the, uh, the, the tent had literally been destroyed. Uh, the, uh, it, it was, it was, it was kind of disastrous to see my, my tent is just like kind of in shreds and thought, okay, well, this isn't supposed to be happening. I don't know what's going on here. So, so, uh, I was like, well, we need to, we need to head on back. And, and that's when I kind of noticed the surf. It just seemed to be a lot more intense than it used to be. I mean, it was just pretty intense. Well, how are we going to get the kayaks in there to get our supplies back? And, and so we, we get out in there and we've come up with this plan. We strap our stuff into the kayaks and, and I'm telling the boys, okay, you do this, you do this. I was, I was so in charge. I so had it together, you know, and, and, my boys are, you know, they're, they're making fun of me because they know I wasn't, you know, I didn't have it together, but I acted like it. Okay, here's the plan. We're going to execute it this way. And we, we're getting this and, 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 uh, and we, we get out there into the water and we, we like, can't move at all. And these waves just keep hammering us and hammering us. Like, how are we going to get back? How are we going to do this? And, and, uh, and then at one point, at one point, this huge wave just came over there and it, it nailed me totally. I mean, it, it actually pushed me under and I, I rammed my toes. I jammed my toes. They're still sore to this day. That happened three years ago. Thank you very much. My toes are still sore to this day from that moment. And, and, and my kayak flipped and some of the supplies took and started floating off and pressed and he's about, he's about just 20 feet from me. He's going, okay, uh, let me help you, dad. Let me help you, Dad. I looked at him, and I I didn't realize it was that fierce at the moment. I said, don't! You stay away! I don't want your help! And he's like, what? I don't need your help! He kind of backed off, and then just like, forget you. He came and helped me anyway. Okay, thank you for helping me. I, I was like, what made me do that? What made me do that? You guys say, Tim, you're a messed up guy. I know that. I know I'm messed up. That's why I'm preaching this message to myself is because we need one another. Ask for help, guys. When you ask for help, you actually build a connection. When you don't ask for help, you, you dismantle your connections. The word connect is important to us around here. We, we like that word because it has a lot to do with the relationship factor. Do you know that you actually deprive people around you especially those who love you when you don't ask for help. And in the end, everything is even worse off in your relationships. See, not asking for help really makes it all about your ego and your independence because you can do it on your own, Tim Woody. In fact, asking for help is a sign of strength and it's not a sign of weakness. And you've heard this line so many times, someone saying to you, hey, let me know how I can help you. But you don't ever ask for that help. You, know, you don't ever go back and say, well, here's what you can do. What are you actually telling the person who said, let me know how I can help you? You know, when a person says that, they're, they're sincere, but you have the responsibility, you have the responsibility, not them, to follow up and to get the help they offered. See, it's, it's a deception, and, and here's the deception, is that we... And we want our lives to make a difference. But the deception is this, is that we prize um, independence and we prize self-sufficiency. And, and it's like, you know, we think like, well, isn't that what being an American is about? I mean, especially isn't that what being, being a Texan is about? And we judge ourselves 
and, and by determining like our own competence or our ability to master the world around us. If we can master the world around us, then we win. <laughs> but that's not true. It, it, it doesn't work very well. In fact, it's a horrible formula for personal failure. We think like, well, if I just had enough time, I'll just be able to get the job done. And it could be whether you're, it could be anything. It could be just driving to an unknown destination. It could be, uh, you know, closing a business deal. It may mean fixing a broken toilet at your house, which, uh, you know, I was like, I need help with that. Directing a ministry or maybe uh, even overseeing some type of a ministry or church, leading a church or maneuvering a kayak through surf. See, this attitude of self-sufficiency and this attitude of pride is why most people don't even like unsolicited advice. When someone gives you some advice that you didn't ask for, how does it make you feel? I didn't ask for that. Is that really right? At least just smile and say thank you. Independence. We want to be independent. We'd rather be independent, and we would rather never ask for help so we can prove something, but we're not proving anything. We're making ourselves weaker. Now, I want you to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9, because this is not a new problem. Ancient Israel's King Solomon, he dealt with the same thing. He wrote about it in his classic work known as Ecclesiastes. It's a collection of sayings from him. And in chapter 4, verse 9 of his writings, Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes this. Here we go. Two are better than one. See it? Because, here's the effect, because they have a good return for their labor. They have a good return for their labor. Now, let's look at this next slide because, oh, it's, it's on the same slide, but here's, let's take, look at this next verse right here because it says, if either of them falls down, this is the second principle, if either of them falls down, when you've got people helping each other, one can do what? Help. Can do what? Help the other up. But pity the fool who falls. It doesn't say it quite that way, but, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. I, now, now look at the next one. It says, also, if two lie together, they will keep warm. Now, I'll just have to stop right there. Now, now, that is only for married guys. All right, married folks. All right, now, now some of you single people are going, yes. You know, no, no that's, that's not. That's not what we're, we're talking about here. So don't, don't get all excited here. Okay, but, but it says, if two lie down together, they will keep each other warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Take a look at the next one. It says, the one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. Because you can be back to back, defending yourself. And then he throws in something really interesting. And then he says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Which means two are much better than one, and three don't even mess with it. Can you imagine, like, even with the church, you just, you get a few hundred people together who are in one spirit and united. Oh, my goodness. Like, I, like one of the things I, I say all the time is there's no force in hell that can tear a unified body apart or a unified family or a unified network of people who really love and really lean into each other. 
See, what Solomon's saying here is really profound because he's saying that asking for help, having someone come alongside, what it does is it builds a stronger business and it provides better income. That's the first thing he says. And then he says, if you ask for someone's help and have someone come alongside, it's going to reduce your personal risk of danger. He also says that if you ask for help and have someone come alongside, it's going to provide warmth and companionship. Then he says, if you ask for help, if you have someone come alongside, you're going to have more security. And if you have a couple of people, then it's going to increase your potency and your strength. There's going to be less chance of your rope breaking in your life. Think about this. If you really want meaning and purpose in life, don't do it. Go it alone. God, God doesn't call us to work and play and live without meaning and without relationships. See, Jesus wants us to have life and joy and purpose, and it's found in leaning into other people. But it's not just other people that we lean into. It's also leaning into Jesus. And he's like, yeah, I know that, Pastor. Well, do, do, do you really? I, had, I even had to ask myself, do I really? It's all about Jesus. Because with Jesus, it's time to live. I mean, we live. Independence from God, it's not a smart way to live. And, you, and Jesus, Jesus, he said it clearly. He says, I came to give you life. I came to give you life to the full. But it has to do with the union with Jesus. It only happens when we really embrace him. And this is critical. We have to admit our personal failures. We have to admit our own brokenness. We need the Holy Spirit. So we ask for help. On the night just before Jesus' crucifixion, something powerful happened. Uh, Jesus told his disciples, he says, I'm going to be leaving you guys and you're not going to be able to follow me. And it wasn't really his death uh, that was going to dash their dreams and uh, you, because they have these visions of imminent power and glory. No, actually, his death was going to deprive them of the one whose presence unified them, brought them together, gave them purpose, and, and gave them strength, and infused them with meaning and direction. See, they were going to now be like arrows without a bow, and that's not much help at all. See, Jesus knew this, and so what he did, this is so important, he gave them a promise. They didn't really understand it at that time because they couldn't comprehend what was about to happen, but the promise still remains. And some of the guys that were there, they wrote this stuff down for us, and here's what was written, the book of John, John chapter 14. Look at this. Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Helper, So Jesus will leave, but there's going to be this other what? Help. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit a what? Helper. It's like, I don't need no help. Well, I was saying, I don't need no Holy Spirit. Like, no, 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 I wouldn't mean that. Well, sometimes I think that's maybe what it means. I'll give you another helper that he may be what? With you forever. Now, now he goes on to say this. He, he explains it in a little more t detail. He says, this is the spirit. So now he's saying this is, you know, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you and he will be what? In you. This is an internal dwelling presence of God in us, known as the Holy Spirit. Jesus explained that after his death and resurrection, God was going to actually come to live in them in the form of the Holy Spirit, the helper, the helper. Who's your best helper? It's the Holy Spirit. 
So God was actually going to be closer to his followers after Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came than ever before because not only was the Holy Spirit going to be with them, the Holy Spirit was going to be in them and it's the same for us today. Stop going it alone. Stop trying to prove things to yourself. The Holy Spirit is ready to flood you with his love and his power. Don't go it alone. I, I, I love the outdoors. I, I really do. It's, it's, it's just, I enjoy God's creation. It doesn't matter what season it is. Well, I don't like the cold, cold, cold stuff, but even the super hot stuff really doesn't bother me too much. I mean, just think about it. The, the poetic beauty of what I get to see and feel and touch and experience outdoors is really quite amazing. Some of my best sermon writing times comes from when I'm uh, spending time outdoors. Maybe it's in a park or I pitch a tent or I sit in my backyard and, and it's like God's stories. I mean, they're just like woven into nature all around us. And we just have to pause long enough to pay attention to it all, slow down and experience it because God speaks to us through Nature, constantly. You might say, well, there's not much nature here in the city. Oh, yeah, there's plenty. See, last week, um, Rebecca noticed in one of her rose bushes, there was a little bird's nest, you know, about, about three feet off the ground that was being built. In, and it's like, well, who builds what, you know, bird builds a nest that low to the ground? And so she researched this and it's like, oh, it's a mockingbird nest. I got, I got kind of interested in it at that point. And, and so her and I, we went on this research expedition about the mockingbird to understand this little element of God's creation that's right in our backyard. What can we learn from this? What's, what's this all about? And, and you know, I, I'm a good Texan. I, I know this, that the mockingbird is the state bird. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm all into that. Uh, did, did, you, did you learn that at Texas A&M? Okay, good, good, making sure you did. And, and, and I also know this, is that a mockingbird will mimic, uh, mimic you and they'll, they'll mimic your noises. I knew about that. Uh, but but I, I also discovered some discovered some amazing parallels to what I'm preaching about today uh, in uh, from from studying these little birds. But but some of the things about the mockingbirds. One thing about it is is that you recognize a mockingbird by its long tail. It, it is it's a. A beautiful bird, and even when its wings go out, it has these white patches. But they are so persistent in their singing. Uh, in fact, I've heard them all of my life in Texas. Typically, it's the first bird that you're going to hear in the morning. It's making all these different noises. That's the mockingbird. And, uh, and, and they're, they're very, very famous for that. In fact, in my research, I discovered they can mimic over 50 different bird songs. Ooh, can you? Didn't think so. <laughs> But what I loved about the mockingbird is even as a child, I, uh, I would make repeated noises attempting to get a mockingbird to make that same noise. And it's, it's so funny because when I'm alone, I still do it. You know, I still try to get the mockingbirds to make my noise. And, it, and I just feel so good when they finally, when they do it. And, and, uh, and they'll listen and they'll try it. They'll listen. And, 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 uh, and if you've never done that, you are missing out on life. That's all I have to say. I don't even know if you're a Texan, okay? But, and then you might say, but, but I live in the city. Well, there is no excuse because even just a few minutes ago, I was walking with Devin over to my car, you know, over here in the, in the City Life Partners parking, and we were walking over there, and I said, listen, because listen to what? I said, listen to the birds. Listen, 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 they're everywhere. Hear that? That's a mockingbird. Hear that? That's a mockingbird. Oh, look up there. That's a mockingbird. And, and it's like, what are these birds doing in the city? They're everywhere. They're all around us. Well, I, I found out that they actually thrive better in the city than in the country because they use the ambient light of the city to keep hunting for food even after it gets dark where the birds can't do that anymore. 
Mockingbird, it's, uh, it imitates all types of sounds. I, I found out that they will imitate rusty hinges. They'll imitate like a whistling, cackling hens, even dogs barking. Here's something incredible is that when they do electronic analysis, I don't know what kind of analysis, but this is what they it's called electronic analysis on the, the original sound and the sound of the Mockingbird imitating it, the, the, the electronic analysis cannot even tell a difference. Is that cool? Between the Mockingbird and the original sound. But what's amazing, what I discovered about the Mockingbird this past week, is that God gives us some life lessons if we'll just pay attention to it. Because Rebecca, she took the nest down. And we can't have this right here in the yard. But then the next day, she came back, and the nest was there again. Impossible. What we found out is that these mockingbirds have relational bonds that are powerful. In fact, the male and the female are monogamous in their relationship with one another for life. They find one another and they work together. The male and the female build the nest together. The male and the female feed the chicks together. And because of that, because of their diligence of working together, the mockingbird typically produces nests about four times annually. See, maybe the mockingbirds were reading what Solomon said in the Bible. I don't know, but they are are these audacious birds. In fact, they will protect each other fiercely. If they sense an animal or a human that is a threat, what they will do, like if it's a threat to their mate or a threat to to their their, uh, chicks, they will... uh, they will initiate these diving attacks on people and animals. I've had it happen to me many times, but now it's like, okay, I'm understanding this. In fact, if they feel the threat is strong enough, what they do is they make a very unique sound that calls other mockingbirds in the area, and the mockingbirds will come in, and you know, it's like Alfred Hitchcock the birds all of a sudden, because they will come after you. Um, they summon other mockingbirds and they're saying, I need help, I need help, I need help. And they're going to protect one another. They ask for help and they ask for help and they will attack pets. They will attack humans. They're even known to attack hawks if they determine them to be a threat. In fact, you know what? They're so wise. They, they somehow tell each other this is that they're able to determine which humans and which animals are a threat based upon whether they've seen them messing with them before. Now, I think my wife at this point is a threat. She had better watch out when she's in the backyard. <laughs> I'm not a threat. They'll like me. But they can identify the different humans and different animals, and they will come at you if they even just see you. I'm telling you guys, these are some of the most interdependent birds that exist. My Texas state bird. And it's amazing that they thrive in these urban environments, and I can see why. But let me ask you, are you thriving in your urban environment? Are you? Maybe we need to take a lesson from the mockingbird. See, there's something else about the mockingbird that makes it powerful. It goes through the air. It has its long tail feathers and its amazing wings but it rides the wind and maneuvers like few other birds. And it would all be impossible if it didn't have the help of the air. See, they catch the air and they sail through it and they steer and they break with their tail feathers using the wind, using the air. And none of the mockingbird's feats would be possible without the wind. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is also called the wind? Our helper is called the wind, the wind. He's like the air that we breathe. He's like the wind. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can feel the effects of him. He's very present, and he's very active, and he's just waiting on you to use him, and he says, I'm here. I want you. 
I want you to soar. God wants you to soar and maneuver and just be able to do amazing things if you'll just experience the air. The only way for us to do that is for us to recognize our own inability to do it on our own, and the Holy Spirit then comes and fills those who ask. You see, the success of the mockingbird is contingent upon two factors. Research tells me this. Their amazing success is because of two things. Number one is they lean into one another. They help one another, and they ask for help from each other. And they also utilize the air and the wind like few other birds. Our success is contingent upon two things as well. I really believe it. It's interacting, sharing the load with one another, refusing to go it alone, ask for help. Our success is also contingent upon asking the Holy Spirit. That's why I'm so passionate about the church. The church provides family and, and caring relationships. And this is where people are going to believe in you when you can't even believe in yourself. And that's part of what the church is for. That's why we have ministries called connect groups where you can find your family, someone who's going to love you in a different level than even your family would. See, the Holy Spirit is central to what we do around here because the Holy Spirit, it's not just something we experience in church. It's not just something we feel during a time of worship or, or a stirring that we feel in our hearts when we're here, but it's also something that we experience when we're away from here. It's this indwelling power, this wind that fills us and that lifts us. That's why I'm so excited about the Holy Spirit uh, workshop next Saturday where you actually get to come see and experience this for yourself. Hey, guys, listen to me. We need each other. We need each other. We need the Holy Spirit. And my challenge to us is to stop being so independent. Ask for some help from one another. Ask for the help of the Holy Spirit. Admit your weakness. This is the safest place to do so. I'd like for you just to listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling you. Because there are only four things that are going to last forever. It's God's Word, God's Spirit, angels and people, and the only one of those four that we can influence are people. So the, why, why do we sometimes fail at making Jesus known? Well, my guess is because we don't see the value in every person, and we don't really feel an urgency, and and uh, even as I was putting these statements under my notes, I thought, those sound kind of harsh, you know. We don't see the value in people. We don't feel a sense of urgency. And I started to take it out. Like, no, it's truth. I mean, it, 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 in me, it evoked a feeling of guilt. Yeah, my goal is not guilt. But I left this in here because it's truth. It exposes something that's in us that we know that's not quite right, something that needs to change. And our feelings toward other people can't really change without the help of the Holy Spirit. I'll just tell you that, guys. It can't. Because the Spirit, it gives us the heart of Jesus. The disciples could never have done what they were going to do without the help of the Holy Spirit. It keeps us from being indifferent. The Holy Spirit prevents us from being independent and selfish. Jesus, he promised his disciples he'd send them a helper because he knew they couldn't do it in their own power and the message still goes for us today. They were inadequate. They not only needed each other, but they needed the Holy Spirit just like us. We're inadequate. 
we need one another and we need the Holy Spirit. Jesus says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. I even believe this. If you don't have the fullness of the Holy Spirit, you're you're going to feel inadequate. You can try to prop yourself up, but you're going to fail. I, I know I need the Holy Spirit and I encourage you to deal with your own inadequacy by running to God and not away from God. Keep asking him to help you every day. Ask the spirit who lives in you to fill you even greater with compassion. Ask for God to help you to be eternity-minded. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to live your purpose. Guys, we need each other, and we need the Holy Spirit. Will you ask for help? I want no movement at this time. I want you to close your eyes for a moment. Focus internally. Maybe you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or possibly you've drifted from God and you need to know and you want to know this, Jesus. You want this Holy Spirit to dwell in you. You want a new beginning. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond just by lifting your hand if, that, if that's you this morning. And, and uh, you want to make the statement of today of I, I need the help of God. I need Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want to set my feet on this path toward eternal life. At the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours. And then we will all pray together. Would you do that? You need Jesus today. Would you just lift your hand for me at the count of three? One, two, three. Lift it high so I can see it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down, guys. lifted your hand, your heart's stirring, and I want you to make things right with Jesus today. So I'm asking everyone in this room to stand. Please, everyone stand. Entire congregation, I want you to pray these words with me. If you lifted your hand, I want you to mean them from the bottom of your heart. Come on, look to Jesus. Pray these words with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the son of God. Please forgive my sins because it's time for me to live. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future you have for me. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from City Life Church. You can keep in touch with what is coming this season through social media and our City Life app. And Sunday, our favorite day of the week is on its way. We hope to see you at City Life.